All right, all right, all right. Uh, first of all, thanks for the subs already, Blurkus and uh, Render, Rami. Uh, much appreciated, guys. Um, today, special guest, as always, all the guests are special, but this one is uh, ultra special, right? He's basically, I would say, the wormholer, uh, you know, knowledge-wise. I mean, you know a lot of Warmer Space, but a lot of people know you for your knowledge, I would say. So he's basically the wormholer explaining Warmer Space, funny enough, to CCP and the rest of the CSM even. Um, he is also FCing, as far as I know, I've, we've seen each other not too long ago, like maybe a week ago or something, when I webbed some Ishtas into a shit ton of domies. Um, I did warn you about the domies. He didn't warn me, I went there because of you. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to test the doctrine, and that was like worst case. I might be talking about that uh, at a later time, but yeah. So, Exuki, now CSM, explaining stuff for the CSM and CCP. Um, FCs a lot. Um, what else can I say? I mean, interesting maybe what's like. To give people an idea, like what does your like day, like your typical Eve day look like? Are you talking a lot to like like other players for CSM stuff, or do you actually play the game a lot still? Um, I've been able to play a decent amount. Um, I'd like to say that's not because I'm slacking off as a CSM, but uh, I mean, I'm we we participate a lot. Um. I can't compare it to previous CSMs because this is my first one, but um, it's it's very off and on with CCP. Um, they'll come and say, here's a bunch of stuff, and then we have a flurry of several days of big discussion, talking about it, trying to help steer them in what we think is the right direction, and, and then things can go quiet. Um, like This is especially prevalent with Talos of like, here's what we're doing for the next release. We talk about a whole bunch. We settle on something. Sometimes we help change their original plan. And then it's like silence until suddenly they're ready to give us the next one. Um, there's been a lot of stuff that's come up, you know, over the past several months. A lot of it was only shown to us when it was almost done. Um, and then there's some that, uh, you know, um, a lot of CCP's planning is much shorter term than they used to do, I think, because they've been trying to avoid saying, here's this big year-long roadmap. And, I mean, historically, CCP's never been very good at holding themselves to those. Um, so they're trying to get away from promising things that are never going to happen. So if CCP is talking to us, and if there's, especially if CCP is actually telling everyone else anything, it's only because they've committed and they're they're one hundred percent certain it's happening. Um, and yeah, another thing I should have mentioned is that you're actually leading a, I would say, decent-sized Walmart group right? for Walmart space. You're fairly big, not too big, like medium-sized. Is that fair to say? Um, I mean, across, if you compare us to EVE, I'd say uh, we're a mid-sized group. We're actually the largest wormhole group in wormhole space. Um, if you were to go off of, I think, real people behind the characters, uh, Tinison oh. is, uh, we're, we're light on the alt characters compared to some of the other large groups, but I think that Tinison probably has more real people behind it than 
than Hard Knocks or, or, or your Novak or Laserhawks, some of the other groups that you might consider are, are peers, at least in size. Um, yeah. you, you can tell, like, I don't know too much about, like, wormhole like uh, groups and the politics and all that stuff whenever it comes to that kind of stuff you can see ari in chat like she's my right hand <laughs> when i need to know something about wormhole space whatever it is just gonna ask her so uh yeah yeah that's fair enough i'm i'm uh i'm accustomed to talking to people that aren't super familiar with I, it's it's surprising to me sometimes how many people actually have played for a long time and still don't know a lot. Um, no offense intended, it's just that you know uh, <laughs> it's a larger chunk of Eve than I think some people realize. But it's like this black box for a lot of people that they're like, oh, I have no idea who the what's how that works, who those people are. They might recognize some of the logos or know a couple of the big corp names, especially the ones that have a tendency of coming out and making their name known in Nullsec. But uh, otherwise, uh, there's not a lot of people that aren't wormholers that still know about the politics. Yeah, I mean, that comes from the nature of Walmart space. I think to live in Walmart space is not that scary, but to commit to it might be. You know, if you're in a Nullsec group or whatever, especially as an FC, you don't just switch to Walmart space that easily. You know, it's a, it's a weird step to do. So a lot of people, they don't even try to step in that space, or most people don't, I would say. Like, I never even, you know, considered uh, moving into Walmart space, other than maybe thinking about maybe uh, using Terra or something, but... Um, like to well, live in there is space. not a wormhole. Yeah, yeah exactly, important, exactly. Important distinction. I mean, te technically it is. Technically, I'd say. But I know what you mean. It doesn't count. It's not the same thing as like normal wormhole space. So I think that's where it coming, it's coming from. You either are a wormhole or you don't. Like there's no that gray area. And there's not a whole lot of them having a little bit of experience and stuff like this. You know? And I think a lot there, of people never look at one point in time... I've ha actually back when wait back when CCP Quant worked at uh, CCP and you know he was the he was a lot of the big the data analytics guy um, at FanFest I was having a discussion with him once and he was saying that uh, they you know CCP tries to do a good job at tracking you know how much of their players are high sec players and old players wormhole players and that whatnot uh if you've read through the entire csm minutes you'll know this was an item of a lot of contention with some of the csm because of the way that they actually go about this but one of the funny things that they noted is the vast majority of players that actually move to wormhole space stay there until they're either still there playing or they leave um and you see you know a lot less movement once they go there than than other players that might move to null and then they get sick of it or want to change a pace so they go to low sec or high sec or you know there's a lot of movement around those three but a lot of people that end up moving to null or to wormhole space apparently uh, at least this is a couple years old admittedly uh they actually stay there until they quit the game i don't know that's if that's a bad sign that it makes them quit the game but <laughs> yeah so I, th I see i could see like a, a few different like scenarios like some some people might just think okay i've i've done everything and i'm getting bored of the game and then the only thing missing is wormhole space and there's probably a lot of those guys that go into wormhole space then experience it and then maybe that doesn't 
like maybe it's more interesting for a while and then at some point it's maybe not anymore and then they quit or maybe Walmart space is the place to be I don't know I think I mean it's worth checking out if you're like a new player or whatever or like a smaller group I would I would think that's probably where you want to be you can put up your own citadels to a degree but I mean, it's a, I it's a completely it's it's a very different part of Eve. Some people move to it, find that it's great, and maybe it's exactly what they wanted. And just like you said, I think for a lot of players, it's also like the last thing they do. People that say, "I did high sec, I did low sec, I did null," and they go to wormhole space and they love it. And maybe, or maybe at some point they don't love it, and they say, "Okay, well, if this also isn't great, maybe that's all they really want to do." Um, and then there are people that come to Wormhole Space and leave, but I think that there aren't as many of them as you'd expect, and that might also be part of the reason that so many people don't know about wormholes because they don't have. There's not as many people that go back out to K Space that now understand it um, to help educate those people. But so if I was in a smaller group, like I, what I would be afraid of is like I would have to play nice with the with the big guys, like you guys or HK and the other guys, you know. Because obviously, Walmart space, then the number one thing you're gonna lose everything if your shit is getting evicted. So everything in that Walmart like can die, and um, like how like how much of like, how real is that threat? So let's say we have like a small group. Uh, we can form 20-30 man fleets in our prime time and we move into Walmart and set up a Fortisar. Is Are we going to get evicted on day one or is that going to be like too much work for what we, for the target we, uh, we are? I, I think there's a significant misconception with a lot of groups on, on, on exactly that. There is absolutely room for small and medium corporations to move into wormholes and live here and have a great time. Um, I think the problem is like those edge cases where those people end up getting evicted and having a bad time. When you see or hear about them, they stick to people's minds so much that that one in every 20 corps that doesn't make doesn't last because they get evicted completely overshadows the 19 that do um you know i i track as a part of both the reports i give ccp at the like at the, at, that i gave at the summit as well as a lot of my fan fest presentations i track how many corporations are actively out there pvping and over the last couple of years there's been significant growth in small and medium-sized corporations and most of them stay there have a great time sometimes they consolidate into a couple others but i think you know the stories you hear about needing to to suck up to or play nice with the big the bigger groups is mostly false um i say mostly there are uh there are some large groups uh, i'll specifically call out um inner hell is being one of them that is absolutely an eviction machine it's what they do uh, they burn down corporations that put up uh, forts, look like they're using capitals, but also don't seem that they can actually defend themselves. Sometimes those get burned out, but again, I think those are a rarity compared to all the ones that don't. Um, I think if a corporation moves to wormhole space, isn't flaunting, you know, isn't flaunting wealth 
um, and doesn't go out of their way to antagonize people, I think it's unlikely that you're going to see them get burned down. The majority of corpses that you see getting burned down across Wormhole Space are usually because I would say that they've practically invited it one way or another, either because they antagonize people deliberately. You know, I've had corpses literally taunt us into burning down their C2. I don't know what they expected would happen, but, you know, they piss off some people and a month later their hole's on fire. Or low power stuff is the big thing. Like nothing invites attackers in wormhole space, like having low power structures and how your system giving off the appearance that it's abandoned. Because as long as there's no asset safety, it's it's a literal loop pinata. So the ma vast majority of evictions you see, I think, aren't a big corp going and burning down a small corp just because they can. Uh, it's because that corp made themselves known to be a, a loot pinata one way or another. And talking about the um, low power structures, like obviously the main reason for that is the eviction is going to be cut short. Because like back, like just a couple of days back, you would have gotten like one timer. So you ref it and then a timer later, you can already kill it, which is a one day. Now it just changed. So, um, like eviction-wise, do you uh, do you see like a lot of um, change with the new timers, which are now 1.5 days in Walmart space, which is effectively two days, right? Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. So I think a lot of people start trying to you know, they talk about it, and the, in reality, 1.5 it gets rounded up to two simply because the armor and the whole timer both are you know they have a time that they're going for so if the next timer was within 36 we're going to push it to 48 to get the to actually end up rounding it so i see a lot of people quoting now it's 72 it's it's actually probably 36 hours between if you time it just right it's 36 hours between your shield and your armor and it's 48 hours between your armor and your hull so it it's closer to you know and your 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 80 hour not time. the exact impact of that is i'd say it's since you know it literally came out today i'm i'm curious to see what the impact will be um on one hand the removal of the day means that um means that corporations or even in some cases abandoned wormholes and loot pinatas uh, who the only reason they haven't died yet is because their timer was cancerous for weekdays is probably going to see themselves getting burned down. Uh, uh, other evictions, I'd say the adding that extra amount of time that it's going to take that you're going to need whole control for might dissuade some people or something I think you will see. I, I expect to see a lot more low effort evictions. And what I mean by that is I have a whole it looks like they either they're incompetent, they can't defend themselves and or, you know, the whole looks abandoned. I'm just going to shoot at it, not do whole control, roll the dice and hope that I can. Uh, I can get in. And if someone swoops in and steals the loot and steals the kill from me, I put in very little effort. Um, maybe in some cases I've, you know, it, I've had fights generated by third parties trying to come in and snatch the kill and the loot. Sometimes that turns into a fight. Sometimes they just take whole control and lock the attackers out. So uh, I, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting. I will say I, absolutely hate that this timer increase is applying to low power structures 
Um, a lot of people keep asking me why, well, you know, why, why is that a thing? Um, a low power structure previously died in 12 hours. Now it takes a day and a half. Um, to anyone that's super concerned about that, I would say I think we're going to see that fixed up. Um, hopefully in January, um, Rise talked briefly on it at Vegas, but a crux of this whole issue is right now CCP can't differentiate between a structure that is low power and a structure that is low power because it's on its whole timer. And so what that means is the logic and everything simply can't, can't do anything but apply evenly to these two. Um, we want to make that distinction so that we can have low power structures have, if we wanted to, a completely different reinforcement pattern than full power. But right now, it simply can't be done. Um, and it, it will, I say, I, for all I know, that work has already started on it. It just wasn't going to make it into the December 10th release, is I think the, the best way of putting it. Fine. So I'm hoping that we'll see stuff uh, improved a bit. Um, Across the larger issue, I think, uh, you know, when, when they first rolled out, we're removing the day, and that was it. Um, I got an immense amount of feedback from smaller wormhole corps and, and some medium ones, honestly, um, that were concerned about right now, you know, or I say right now, before, when they had that day, they knew that if I have a family, maybe I work a lot, you know, people that aren't logging in every day knew with some level of certainty, my stuff is always going to be whole timering on a day that I can definitely be there for. So I had people complaining and voicing concerns that, uh, you know, 48 hours isn't that long to not log into Eve. Um, for some people, they're like, oh, I'm on every day, but I'm, I'm sure you have, you know, plenty of these people that are on only a couple days a week. And so the, yeah. the idea that I could disappear for two days come back and have lost everything was very disconcerting to a lot of people um and so we gave that feedback there was a lot of back and forth thing i'm not uh sure that we ended up with the solution i really wanted um but it's better than some of the other suggestions that we looked at i think um, my absolute best case scenario would have been simply that uh, if we couldn't build in some of the special cases that I think wormhole space kind of needs in some of these situations, that maybe we shouldn't have touched it at all. Um, but so what I it, wonder, what I wonder yep. is like with the 1.5 time uh, day timers now, it's very so. I would love to have 1.5 day timers in Nullsec. And the reason for that is that's what most people complain about. For example, a good friend of mine, Kenda, he's very vocal about it. He even made a Reddit post with like a quadrillion fucking upvotes. Is yes, now you can't, you cannot determine the final uh, day of the timer, but one of the timers has to be midweek in Nulzik. You can't have both timers in uh, on the weekend. The armor timer is the most important one, but um, so what are you gonna do? Like you're gonna ref it and have the armor timer on the weekend, and then the whole timer is in midweek though, and you might not even be able to to do it. So the change for Nullsec isn't that big if you look at it that way. With a 1.5 day timer, 
that's different. Now you can ref it. For example, that's probably going to be the ref day. It's going to be a Thursday for most groups. They ref it on Thursday. Then Friday, obviously, is 1.5 days. Then Friday is going to be jumped over. And then like half a day into Saturday, if you timed it right on that Thursday, Saturday uh, should be... The, or Friday night should be the, the timer if you ref it on... So probably it's going to be Wednesday then. Wednesday, then Friday night or whatever, you can re-ref it. And then Sunday you can have the second timer. So it's technically possible to have it on the weekend, depending on your time zone. You know? And I think it's like, that would be nice to have a null sec too, like the 1.5 day timer. Or just having the last timer one day. The first timer can be whatever, but the last timer should be like one day. Just like evacuation kind of style. But if you lost the armor timer, you have to evac anyway in one sec. Um, you know. I, I think the I think the entire patch is a is a partial miss for what the actual goal here was, and I think that part of that's because you know this is one of those scenarios where C, where CCP is trying to design a system that's going to work for large groups just as well as it'll work for small groups, and the reality is. It doesn't really work that way. We're trying to have a system that lets a small corporation that's not super active and maybe has you know a lot of weekend warriors or you know older people with families or just really really busy jobs. We're trying to give them a system that gives them some time to have a chance to defend their stuff. But it falls very short of what your your very active players want is they say i don't want it to take over a week to burn down this structure especially if they're not even contesting and so we end up having a system that tried to do both and i think instead is kind of failing at both of um the new system we you know on paper you say we'll remove some of these restrictions and it'll make fights happen more often but when you actually look at it in practice i'm not sure that's the case um, you know, I can only parrot some of the uh, the people that are more knowledgeable than I am about about a lot of the null sex stuff. I'm sure you could talk way better than I could on this, but the reality is the only time you're going to see the big fights that everyone says they want to see is if the timers are happening on weekends, right? It, like when you when I have two groups that aren't the same time zone, the only time we're going to see meaningful conflict is if they can both form, which is mostly only going to happen on weekends so the fact that we just made timers happening on times that are bad for both sides hasn't actually solved this gotten us anywhere um and i also agree with you i'm sure i think a lot of people would like to see it if the timers were shorter for pretty much all of space because it's way too long so what do you think about the idea then to just have all rounds the the whole timer is always one day after so that gets you the 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 weekend timers, and then depending on if you want to have a little bit longer in null sec, low sec, high sec, whatever, you can set like a fixed you know amount of days before that for the armor timer. Right. So in in Walmart space, for example, you can say if you ref something that's two days, and then the last timer is 24 hours later. Boom. Or in null sec, it will be three days, for example. Or you make it dependent on what kind of structure it is. Right? A keep star shouldn't maybe fall over within three days. Should maybe hold a little longer. Maybe a keep star, or like X large structures have like an extra day. 
stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, I, so. I think the, the the sizing and the type of structure, I believe, should have played it. Should maybe they? I mean, it's not to say that they won't, because um, I'm optimistic when Talos, the you know, the team Talos promises that we'll iterate on some of these changes if they still didn't, if they're not great or they missed the mark. I don't think this quite, I think this one missed the mark and I'm hoping that we'll see a follow-up to kicking over can't sand castles. But I think the type of structure and the size of structure probably should play into, into some of this. Um, I think maybe larger structures should, uh, should uh, have, you know, they, they should be focused more on how do I try to make this generate meaningful fighting? Rather than the medium structures, which should be these are already super cheap, already spammable. I really shouldn't be making them any harder to clear than they already were, um, especially for low power stuff. Because I mean, even beforehand amongst wormhole space, and I see them all over Nullsec. You see low power structures left and right because kicking them over is simply worth. It's just not even worth the hassle. Um, and I'm not convinced these changes actually help us there, even though that was one of the listed objectives. Yeah, it's a little sad. I think when they announced it, they were very sure of like of themselves with the change, and then an issue that has been asked for to be fixed for so long, and they probably thought it's fixed with it, but it really isn't. But then you have other people ask for, for example, Kenda. Right? He was very vocal about the whole thing. He asked for a seven-day timer. That's ridiculous. Like, I'd rather have the system they just put into place. At least I can pick which timer ends up on the weekend. But seven days, that's just way too long. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine timers being that long. It would be craziness. So, like, it's not always that easy, obviously, to... Um, um, to please everyone, but I think most people agree that shorter timers would be, um, in general, Pedro? better. That's so. Thanks for the sub, Murray. Um. Oh, oh Mecca's joined the joined the chat. Oh, Mecca, how's it going? Unpopular idea. Armor timer shouldn't be fought in the open world. It should be. A subgroup a sub skirmish between selective groups of people that way larger alliances don't need off. Oh, I disagree. You wanna have like a like a ten v ten on the sun for the <laughs> for the armor timer? No, come on. I'll I'll let him argue his points, uh, but I think that's exactly what Omeka would like. You know yeah, what? this is uh, he's brought this up several times with the CSM. Hey, what about what about, like you can't make that a standard thing, but what about you make that for certain citadels? So, for example, Athanos can be defended in a 10v10 kind of thing or something, you know? So smaller groups can hold their Athanos in, for example, Losek or something against bigger groups because they can do the 10v10 thing. You know? That would be a way, but like, I, like just imagine for the 1DQ, for the main keepstone, there's a 10v10 on the sun. Come on, that doesn't seem fair, does it? And then also, how much skill is in there? It's not all that much skill. It's like maybe 50-50. No? Sometimes you just pick the right uh, you know, config and then what? Your keepstone of like a, a 50,000 man alliance just gets destroyed because of it? I'm not a big fan. 
And then what? Like how many times can you try? Think about that one. Like it's gonna get refed then by what? By the by the ten men. Oh yeah, so you have to ref it first and then for it, then you get that timer. Yeah, let's not go crazy, I would say. Yeah, ten men are our last shot group. Yeah, no. I think we, we should always aim for stuff that's actually uh realistic to achieve, I guess. But like what's your general feeling, like both of you guys on the CSM? Do they listen? That's what I always wonder. Like, does CCP actually listen? So, this is something I've chatted with a couple people about lately. It's been especially prevalent with HyperNet Relay and some of these changes. And what I think I see that's really funny is I think most EVE players seem to be... They're, most EVE players are wrong about the CSM in one of two directions. They either think the csm is meaningless ccp doesn't listen and therefore it's a waste of time or they think we have way more persuasive capabilities than we actually do and i see like you'll see both of these opinions in the same thread hypernet relay came out and in the same thread right next to each other you have people going i can't believe that you guys would tell ccp this was a good idea and let them have let them do it as if that was a thing that we actually could do then you scroll, and the very next comment is like just another example of CCP telling or CSM telling CCP not to do something, and they ignore it anyway. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, th I th the the answer is it's it's in the middle there. So, uh, I would say with confidence, CCP always listens. Um, I have never felt like I'm being completely ignored when I'm talking with CCP about things. That does not mean that just because I say that's bad that they don't do it. Sometimes I say that's bad, here's why, and they say, oh, thanks for that feedback, and they make changes. That has absolutely happened. Uh, you know, I can't be specific about what those were, but there are absolutely times where C the CSM has said, I think this would be better, or I think you're underdoing it, overdoing it, and they have tweaked their original plan. That has absolutely happened. There are also plenty of cases where they've said, here's our plan. Uh, and we, you know, the CSM has said, I'm not sure this is a good idea. I'm not sure that that's going to be successful. And I don't want to say that we've been ignored, but I, cause I think be, there's a difference between, I think being ignored and then listening to our feedback and simply deciding not to make changes. And I think like there is a difference there, even if the end result feels this, it might feel the same. That has also happened. Um, you know, like with Hypernet Relay, it was shown to the CSM as we're almost done with this feature. Give us your feedback. Uh, the minutes for the Hypernet Relay are out now. Um, so if you wanted to go read up on those, um, those should be unredacted from the CSM meeting minutes. Um, but, you know, I think there's there's a disclaimer at the start of it that the CSM didn't ask for this. Uh, it, you know, CCP made a decision that they wanted to do this, and all we could do is give them feedback on it. And sometimes that feedback did make changes, and sometimes it didn't. And that's how I would describe our entire uh, our entire interactions with CCP. And so I would try to echo that to people. I think the CSM is important. Uh, I, you know, uh, I think that people should absolutely vote in the CSM elections and try to participate because. 
while it might not always seem like it, I can assure you that Eve would be worse if we weren't here. Um, just from the you know six months that I've been on the CSM at this point, I can confidently say there are times that we have made suggestions that have made things better than they were going to be without. Um, so they should go vote, but they should also vote for other people than their respected groups, like ballots, right? Because I see that all the time, the CSM election uh, process isn't the best. And we could talk about that, the whole like trickle-down process. I'm not a big fan of it, and I think most people on the CSM are not a big fan of it. Other than maybe, you know, big block candidate number three. He's probably happy he got elected because of it, but... Um... I mean, I, I think a diverse CSM is going to be more successful than one that isn't. Uh, I only have one CSM of experience. I'm absolutely biased here as not a large group, you know, uh, not a large group uh, candidate. Um, if it wasn't for the support of some larger groups, you know, your, your initiative being one of, I know that I wouldn't have gotten onto the CSM. Um, and I think that that's unfortunate in its own right. Um, but just also, um, we're able to have a lot more perspectives in the room when you have people that are coming from different places. And the reason that I think you can see that the block, that some of the block voting is so powerful is I want to say, although I don't have the numbers to back this up is really because there's way too many people that simply don't vote at all. Um, there's way too many people in that play the game that don't think it matters or, uh, or, you know, they look and they, they like, I've seen plenty of people be like, why bother voting? It's just going to be an all no block CSM. Well, I mean, clearly that wasn't the case. We have, uh, we have some members on the CSM this year that are, are not major block candidates. Um, and if we want them to stay, that's something we'll need to, you know, that needs to get addressed when we come to voting as well as if we want to see that continue that's that's the decision that people need to try to have and um i i think benefits eve in general though uh i think that a csm made up of 10 people that all come from different parts of eve with different perspectives will be a lot more successful and be able to contribute more than one that's made up of mostly people that all stem from the same alliances or the same parts of the game um, I'm not going to say that there's anyone on the CSM that's useless by any means, um, but there are for sure times when we're having a discussion and you can see that like two thirds of the CSM nods in complete agreement because they all have the same opinion on something, which isn't inherently bad either. Um, but when we try to, when we get to points that we have, we're trying to just like spitball and, and theory craft or talk about possibilities, um, you've got less creative solutions when everybody stems from the same background. I think that's I, just true in general. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's the main reason why we did it this year with the election. Obviously, Brisk didn't run this year, and he would have been our number one candidate. But because he didn't run, um, we I actually made an effort together with Brisk to pick a couple uh, small-scale wormhole candidates or and stuff, and then went through like who actually... Um, who actually would be good on the CSM. And originally on my first list, you weren't even on there because there was actually, a, there would be maybe a funny story for you to hear. <laughs> there was a, 
uh, you did one of your podcasts. For those who don't know, uh, Izuki is actually also doing a podcast every now and then um, called The Whole Story. And you had some guys on there that were super bitter, bitter towards Init and me, right? They were like, there was one guy, um, fucking, I don't know what he, I forgot what he said, but he said some real dumb shit and trying to, um, I don't know. Yeah, well, I didn't like it. And in my mind, like a week later, so I forgot who it, who, well, I just remembered it was on your podcast. And in my mind, it was like, it was such a dumb opinion to have. Like, I can't, I can't put that guy on the list. But then shout out to Salmandi. Or you probably know him as Mafone. I'm not sure if you. Yep. So yep, I, I he convoked me, knowing that we are looking for like good candidates that we could support as a group. And he said, like, no, 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 Exuki, he's a solid dude, you should look into it. And I'm like, all right. And then I looked it up again and realized, oh, shit, like, I judged, I judged you, like, on your guest's opinion, you know? And uh, then I went over there, and you, like, you said all the right things, I thought. And, uh, yeah, the warm haulers deserve to have at least one candidate on them. And then we put you actually on number two of our lists. And number one was actually someone else. It was actually Stitch Caneland, who is a small scaler. But he didn't get elected. And because he didn't get elected, all the votes trickled down. And you got all, all votes, I guess. In theory. Who knows how many people actually voted. But yeah. At first I was like, no, nah, that guy? Oh no. <laughs> but I had no idea. It's like, kind of funny looking. Yeah. But Salmandi saved the day, maybe, you know? He saved I'll us make sure uh, to several times, the next actually. Time I see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm happy he, he did it. Like, especially, like, judging from that. So, when you first were on the CSM, the first CSM meeting um, uh, summit, you actually went on there and you had a. Uh, a little bit of a p presentation for everyone, for the CSM, CSCP. Uh, basically everyone to give them an idea of what like how Walmart space works what people are doing like you know just give them explain Walmart space to them you know and I thought that was really really like good like just not try to push your ideas or anything just to go on there and say all right this is what it is like and then do with that info whatever you want and I thought that was the right approach so I was happy that we uh, could help you get on there and uh, i think it was it was i feel like it was very successful um time will tell since we still haven't gotten any formal changes that we asked for <laughs> yeah, yeah Omeka, as omeka is learning as ccp liked it so much that they've asked they've asked the csm to do more of that at the summit coming up in march um so i think you'll you'll probably see some more but I, th I think the approach that i can just generally say has felt like it's very effective um is remembering that you know i can only say i can only present what things actually are and give my recommendations and hope that between those two ccp agrees with me because i think a place that some attempts especially i've heard from you know pre from some of the previous csm minutes that you've seen and, and um and some members is they come in and they just tell ccp you need to do this and the problem that's missing and i'll concede part of this problem is way too many devs at ccp then should fall in this boat a lot of ccp either doesn't play eve or they don't play it enough um 
you know, and, and I'm optimistic we'll see improvements with that, with some of the changes that CCP made. But a lot of them, this is their job. They want to do a good job. They care about EVE, but they don't understand it to the same degree that any of the CSM does. And so when the CSM comes in and says, you need to do this, what they've actually at what they've done is we've added to their workload of okay the CSM says that we need to do this the CSM might even be right they know better than i do but in order for me to actually do a good job i have to understand the why and the why is missing from way too much of the feedback people give ccp because Either they think CCP knows more than they actually do, or maybe some players think that something is super self-evident when it actually isn't. Um, but that's where a lot of feedback with CCP falls flat, is if you can do a good job at explaining what's actually happening, you know, pure stats, um, this is how it is. There's no bias, there's no meta. I'm not meta, I'm not trying to trick anybody. This is exactly what it looks like. Then I try to get them to come to the same the conclusions of what is a problem and what isn't. And if they agree with me on some of the problems, I recommend how to fix it. And if they don't see it as a problem, I'm wasting everyone's time telling them how to fix it. Um, you know, uh, we've been promised wormhole changes by Team Talos. Uh, we have we're not we haven't seen them yet. Uh, I don't know when we'll see them, but I think when the someday wormhole space changes come, we're going to get to see whether or not that was really as successful as it feels. So, like, when you did that presentation, like, were you shocked at, like, how little people knew CSM and CCP? I think some CSM guys probably don't have even less of a clue of wormhole space. Um, like, were you, like, were you a little bit shocked? You must have been, right? Yeah, um, I, I was I, I was a little surprised on some of it. And another thing that kind of surprised me was I, I, I got, I caught some flack. I saw some of it too right after the summit is, I think there was this conception that Wormhole Space had been deliberately lying to people about our reality. And I'm not sure that was ever quite the case, but people were surprised to hear some of these things. And then they're like, I can't believe you didn't tell me how much money you could make a wormhole spacer. I can't believe <laughs> no one ever told us. And it's like, people are yelling at us for this. And some of, some of the wormholers are just like, we've been trying to get this shit fixed for years. Like Astro House farming has been a thing since 2016 it's not new it's been public knowledge we've been asking ccp to fix it and now that i stood up there and was like i can make billions of risk per hour with complete risk freeness using mjd rattlesnakes and nesters and whatever other mjd battleships i want to use people lost it i had like people were upset with me um there was just like so much angst around some of the stuff I talked about because people had no idea what was going on. And I was just like, I'm just trying to fix things, everybody. Um, Were the wormholders mad at you for like risking their, you know, their income, basically? Um, I mean, some people were. I think the biggest thing that wormholers are concerned about is historically when we've asked for things, CCP has had a tendency of coming in, making a change, announcing it fixed and wandering off when they actually made it worse. Um, you know, uh, several years ago, uh, we had we, we, we gave feedback to CCP that the current 
PVE meta at the time was, uh, or one of the most popular was called Hero Dreading. And it was CCP added in this wave of extra NPCs that spawned when I brought capitals to a site. It was originally designed as a deterrent, but it turns out they made them worth too much money. So people actually did it on purpose to inflate the value of the site. Um, as you players do, we found out a way to exploit this, farm it to all hell, and all at the same time, I'm making several billion an hour doing the old, some of the older PVE, all while only ever risking one one single dreadnought so we complained to ccp they promised they'd fix it they came in they made some changes and then they left without following up on them at all and i think most people that have played wormhole space throughout that era would all agree that the changes made it even worse um we just, there are not as many capitals running sites everyone moved towards a super risk adverse meta um and just wait you know, hunting ratters is even less fun and less productive than it used to be because of the changes they made. And so everyone's concerned that if we go and ask CCP to fix stuff, they will, but they might make it worse. And then we have to wait years for them to iterate again. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's a, a typical way of CCP. I would say that like some changes are so obviously not working the way they intended to, but then they have this, let's call it patience, and just wait so long to actually like fix it, even though you just, like you, you have to see it also like this, like a dev, they have to kind of work themselves into the material first to then touch a certain mechanic or whatever, you know? And if you're, st if you're still in, the, in that thing, to then go back and do like other fixes, I think it's probably a little bit easier. Um, and I think that's why Warmods are not getting touched a lot, because there's not there's not a whole lot of uh, depth knowledge about Warmods that is fresh. So they can't just go in and easily change things. That would require them to really dive deep into shit and then dig it out and uh, you know so they don't fuck it up. And um, so I'm not sure what they promised or what they have in mind when they say they're going to change Walmart space, but I think you guys have to be patient there, uh, waiting for well, like some sort of changes. I think it's it's a lot of this is with Eve is usually the devil's in the details, right? Um, on paper, Rise got up at Vegas and said, "Here's stuff we're considering doing to wormhole space." On paper, his list was actually just a literally taken straight off of my slide from my presentation, changed the words and put them in a different order. So on paper, everything they've said they're going to do is what we asked for, except we have to see what the actual implementation is going to look like before we can declare it a victory. Like I've suggested changes to make astro house farming not work we've suggested or requested adding scrams to high class wormhole sites so the mjd battleship meta is at least a little riskier than it is now um we've i've suggested increasing wandering wormhole connections on paper everyone agrees these are good um and that they'll probably improve wormhole space but we have to see what it looks like when CCP actually comes and makes the changes. Because, you know, reminding people every so often that complain about SAV, theoretically, the SAV you guys have now is what you asked for. It's just that the implementation of it, I think, is was a big miss on, on what we actually needed and wanted. Yeah, per, like, 
exactly like you say it's the perfect example for that that i like to talk about is citadels in general when they first introduced citadels everyone was like fuck yeah it's great and the way they communicated it was way different to what we actually got in the end and uh, you know sometimes it simply doesn't work out as well i'm not sure what the there must there must be reasons for why they went this way and stuff like this but who knows who knows um but also in Walmart space like so you had Hilmar's comment people probably went crazy on the uh, what's what's the Walmart uh, praise bob discord praise bob yeah people probably went crazy when he said like yeah, yeah Walmarters shouldn't like you shouldn't be able to roll Walmart's ass easily and all that stuff uh like I think that's that's a perfect example of of lack of understanding about wormholes. Um, I'd like to say that I've helped steer us clear of that one because I certainly spent a lot of time talking with CCP Burger and Rise and several other devs about helping them understand why that would be terrible. I mean, you're absolutely right. People were freaking out. Because, you know, that was off, that was on, like, the tail end of Hilmar being like, what if we just uh, <laughs> fucked up with, uh, what if we fucked with Nullsec local? Then, you know, a couple weeks later, Blackout happened, so everyone felt like it was a prophecy of doom coming, right? Um, we are next, that's what you thought. Right, and so the, like, the, the problem with that is simply rolling your wormhole is the only solution we have for the fact that most of wormhole space is empty. And so like that's how I try to find content because I can't just you know roll move over a couple of systems and find people um, for a variety of different reasons that are are all their own problem that maybe we will we'll try to solve someday. You know, wormhole space is as empty as a lot of the dead the deader parts of nullsec you can go i can scan a chain that's 10 to 15 systems and still have seen not a single other person so telling me that i i'm stuck with that and that's just my chain for the day just means people are going to log and maybe try again tomorrow and you know i'm sure if that's what my life consists of i'm not going to be doing that for that long so the ability to close and try again is the only way that content actually happens um so while his intention was we need to make it harder for people to close off their system to run sites, the, the major collateral damage is there goes all of your people actually running into each other to shoot. Uh, that'd be bad. Yeah, so like one thought I had before was like if it's not mass-based uh, when you jump through a wormhole, like so to collapse it, but it's ship amount-based, let's say, for example large wormhole would uh, allow battleships to pass, no cap store. And you could pass with like, I don't know, 50 battleships. Um, technically you can roll it, but you would need a lot of uh, numbers. But you could roll it with like any other ship too. Like so You don't have to roll it with battleships, you can roll it with like whatever. Um, I'm not sure if that would be... I mean, you could still roll just as fast, but it would definitely take more time and, and work and stuff like this but then it would also enable like bigger doctrines and a little bit of a mix-up i would guess but i'm i'm you know like i said i'm not not a warm guy um uh, 
But do you think there should be any changes to like the rolling mechanics? Uh, do you think, or is that completely out of the question for you? What do you think? I wouldn't say it's out of the question as much as it's something that we'd need to scrutinize immensely. I would feel way more comfortable if CCP was going to say, we're adding a new wormhole. This wormhole doesn't have mass. It's based on a number. And it's like, because um, I think that if, if that was something that we wanted to, if CCP wanted to experiment with, I think that the best way to do that um, would be not touching our what we have now, but adding a new a new couple of different wormholes that are like that. Um, it could be interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll concede up front. I haven't given this immense amounts of thought, so I could all I could be missing some big reasons this would be terrible. But uh, I think it would that kind of change would also be especially interesting if we also had the concept of a minimum jumpable mass. So maybe I have a wormhole um that only lets battleships through it and so now i have an easier way of also having like the big concern with with mass and they're like well we because ccp has said at least once before they want to try to get you know the battleship meta back we want to have battleships used more i'd love to use battleships more in wormhole space but if you up the mass then you're also making it easier to just blob with more capitals or blob with way bigger um uh, you know, or, and go around with uh, with with just really large fleets. But if we had wormholes that only certain ship types could even take, I mean, like technically we have this with frigates, but um, you know that uh, uh, there's a lot of people that uh, hate frigate wormholes. <laughs> so uh, I think that it would certainly be interesting, and uh, I would be cautiously. Uh, supportive of something like that, that this wormhole will only let so many ships through as long as we could um, we could be careful about watching that usage and exactly what the goal is. I don't think that there's much room for an overall revamp or reworking of the way wormhole space works, um, because I'd say for the most part, I think wormholes in their mass work pretty well right now. Um, I'm not. I can't think of something that would just intrinsically make it better. So I'd be very cautious of CCP trying to touch it, simply based off of you know what we mentioned previously of their tendency to come in trying to make something better, make it worse, and then say, yeah, we'll iterate in a couple of years. Yeah. Since so that's also like lifeblood of wormholes. If you fuck that up too much, you you could literally kill wormhole space. Yeah. So the only thing you would sign off fairly quickly as like extra wormholes that's that's the only thing you you think they should uh, even consider at this point yeah i mean um i i would want to know exactly what we're trying to what we're trying to fix or what we're trying to create with these but i would think that uh a new kind of wormhole that's a you know a wandering connection that connects two holes and then maybe it's not mass based it's purely based on a number um, I'm not super, I'm, I'm not instantly hating the idea, but, uh, I would also want to understand a bit more about exactly what is the, like, what do we hope to happen by adding this in would be the big question. Um, or if we're, if we're hoping that it's, if, it, if we're hoping that we want to say, I want a hole that's just going to support a larger battleship fleet, 
then I'd say, okay, um, that might fix that. Uh, I would probably offer up some other suggestions of how we could do that without being vastly different than what we have now, but uh, we could certainly um, have a discussion on that topic. All right. Um, <clears throat> so usually when I have guests, uh, I ping out to the to my subs if they have any questions. And so some questions were actually I put them in somewhere. I forgot who was asking what, but there's one question I got here from Brisk. Like, how concerned were you to follow in his big uh, footsteps on the CSM, on the as the wormhole CSM? Oh, that's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that might almost be a loaded question. Uh, you don't I don't know if that. I don't know if wormhole space would see it as large foot shoes to fill or large footsteps. <laughs> I don't know. Wormhole is not the biggest fan. You know, yeah, I wormhole space is, was not super fond of brisk. Um, I I think most of it in some t was at some of it at least was I think undeserved. I I've talked with brisk while he was a CSM member. I know there were times that he did his best to advocate for wormhole space. Um, uh, you know, since it's since I wasn't there and it's NDA, I don't know if I'll ever know if he was successful, unsuccessful, um, if he helped at all. I can really only know that I've passed feedback to him. He promised me it was heard, and then we got to see the output. And now that I've been in that room, I can absolutely believe that there's times that he said, guys, this is going to break wormhole space, and the room looks at him and goes, okay, and then does it anyway. Like, I've... I've seen this happen with CSM feedback now that I'm in that room. Um, I'm not concerned about having to follow up brisk, though, if uh, if I can be super honest about wormhole space in that perspective. Um, uh, I don't think that most of wormhole space sees him as having set a very high bar. Um, so I think I'd like it, it, uh, I'd like to think that I've met that bar, but um, I'm sure Brisk <laughs> also brought some perspectives and experience for non-wormhole parts of Eve that I can't hold a flame to. So obviously, Brisk uh, was just trying to be funny with it, and yeah. I think like if there's any wormholers uh, listening or whatever, I think you guys should be aware that like he tried as a non-wormholer to at least give you guys a chance to talk to, like have someone to talk to as a CSM. That, like what else could he do, really, right? So in like from what he could possibly do, I think he did his best. And uh, uh, I, I, I think that's the truth. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't want to think that's the truth, but I, I generally believe that he did try a mixture of I can also emphasize that it's difficult for like I've tried to do this with like faction warfare a couple times. It's it's hard to be an effective advocate for something that I don't truly understand. Like, uh, you know, I've got people from faction warfare going, "Exo, please make sure CCP understands that this is going to break X or Y would be terrible." I can parrot what they tell me, but I, I can't be much deeper than that. So I spend time with them sometimes to help understand, but it's never as effective as it would be if I was yeah. a faction warfare person and understood how it all worked. Yeah, so in a scenario where CCP would come in and say, like, oh, we're changing this and this to faction warfare, and 
like on the go like in that moment you don't even know if it's a good change or bad change or like what, what are you gonna say you know and i think <clears throat> that's probably the best the best thing sometimes is to not say anything if you don't know then you should say anything and i think uh, there's some csm guys that can maybe you know uh, take that a little bit more to heart but um, um, a good example for that is also uh, I think the, those meetings or the the summits they're probably not the perfect uh, way to uh, bring ideas you know uh, to the forefront like or to to the discussion like you, you're sitting there you're being like put on the spot and then suddenly there's this idea which you just heard of the first time and you're supposed to give an answer even if you know a lot about uh, faction warfare or be it a wormhole change or be it whatever even if you know a lot you might still need a day or two maybe a week to think about it properly and think through like what is like what are the implications of like a certain change and stuff like this so i think it's not even fair in some cases in those meetings um to even bring up stuff and you know what i actually had brisk bring up something that's very uh, important to me it's like you know uh, it has to do with citadels and stuff and um i know like some csm guys i don't know who but, but some csm guys didn't like it and then thinking about it i thought the same thing it probably wasn't fair to bring an idea right there that could potentially like in their mind if you change anything about citadels it could potentially change the entire game uh, and could impact it in a negative way and it's way easier to say no 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 let's not do it than uh, instantly say yes it's great when you didn't have the time to even think about it that much so yeah it's a it's a tricky spot to be on yeah, it's it's it, the the tricky part. Uh, another really tricky part is also the times where you want to turn around and be like, guys, what do we think about X? Where there's people that even amongst sometimes in wormhole space, there's people that would be more knowledgeable about some of the very specific things that maybe I could, but you can't do that. I can't turn around and ask people about stuff the CCP's asked. Um, I have found it to be sometimes effective about trying to predict where conversations are going to go. And I've had discussions about lots of really high level things that I know or think that CCP is going to touch. So when we have a discussion about X, I've actually already talked to people about X. Um, you know, it, it wasn't an NDA breach. Uh, I'm just guessing that we're going to end up talking about X and, and or, you know, uh, like CCP laid out their vision way back in September, CSM minutes go out. You can get an idea of probably what a lot of the stuff that's going to be coming out over the next several months from Talos are because Rise has gotten up and says, here's a list, here's a big laundry list of shit we want to touch. And you can read between the lines and figure out what some of that's going to end up looking at. And those are discussions that we can have. And then, by the time we actually get to talk, by the time Rise says, "All right, guys, here's the plan," I actually have feedback I can give him. Yeah, and you know, I know that from thinking about doctrines and all that stuff, it takes a long time to actually, you know, figure out stuff and be sure about certain things. I can only imagine, like, uh, you know, it takes time to think about stuff properly. Um, but so. In the last year we had a couple of good changes but what do you think 
um, is maybe the single best change they did this year. Like there was some, there was some bad stuff, if you ask me. <laughs> but what's the best one? What do you think? I, I mean, I hear you're you're really fond of the boost change. I think yeah, that's great. probably your favorite. Um. I think my favorite change uh, that we've gotten so far, you know, since I joined the CSM in, in June, because I honestly off the top of my head can't even remember what happened like early 2019 is the ACL bookmark. Um, Alliance bookmarks have, of course, been a request for a very long time. This was a great solution to addressing that. I know there's a couple pitfalls with it and there's some parts that still aren't fantastic, but... I'm very optimistic that if they polish it a bit more, um, the system is great. It's very flexible. It can help. It helps everything from a couple of guys that just aren't in the same corp wanting to share their bookmarks with each other all the way up to larger groups coordinating between each other going, here's our bookmarks for this that you might need. Here's my bookmarks. You know, I, I think it scales well. Um, it's, it's to my it's so far has not introduced any huge other issues in of itself uh besides maybe i i know that there's a problem with selling escalation bookmarks that you're starting to see the impact of because dead spaces dead space modules prices are skyrocketing because that stuff's not getting run quite as much now um I think that that's still my favorite bookmark, though, or my, my favorite change. Like, I think the part that also, from the perspective of a hunter and a scanner who, like, I'm one of my corpse top scanners as well, that I can't undervalue is you can see the bookmark right away. The moment I make it, you can see it in your people and places. You just can't warp to it. And the consistency of the bookmark is usable to everyone two minutes after it's made. Like if I wanted to drill down, that is, in my opinion, one of the best changes we've gotten because previously it was cached for five minutes. The problem, of course, is everyone's on a different caching schedule. I don't know how many times I have, I've, you know, as the FC, I've had to go, can everybody see the bookmark? Because maybe we're not squad warping. Maybe we can't. And you find out half the fleet can see it, half the fleet can't, and then maybe, or maybe your wing commander can't see it yet. So you've got to, like, move him out of fleet to give someone that can see the bookmark in. Like, we've had to do that so many times. Um And so, I, you know, I, I think that that's, that's probably... um my favorite change uh that we've gotten so far this so like i'm not surprised that warmonders like it but at the same time i am surprised because like whenever i think about the acl bookmarks i think about warmall coalitions and <clears throat> that it's gonna be way easier like you said for bigger groups to coordinate and you know, there's already warmall coalitions let's be honest like uh, hard knocks laser hawks and to a degree, um, uh, in a hell, they're all working together, so now it's even easier. And I think one of the reasons why Womal Space, the political, uh, the political landscape was always a little bit more, um, what do you call it, uh, separated, was because you were limited to corpse really being able to use bookmarks together. And now that you can have alliances or even coalitions, 
use bookmarks, the same bookmarks over ACL. I think that political landscape might just change entirely. Not maybe not overnight, but after a while, it's way easier now. And um, I'm not sure if that's a good development for Wormhole Space. I know the quality of life stuff though. Like I'm, that's funny enough, right? I'm CEO of a corp and uh, running alliance fleets and stuff like this, and you know, effectively leading an alliance with like a, a few others. And I'm also one of the main probers, <laughs> so you know you can you can lead all you want, but you have to probe yourself. I certainly enjoy the changes, but I I'm a little bit worried about the political landscape in normal space. Uh, do you think um, uh, that's that's uh, you know fair to say? I think it's it's very plausible that you'll see some some changes to some of the some groups related to these changes. Um, I don't know if I view them as negative simply because if you know your larger groups that were would have been coordinating together already were this is purely QOL. I don't think this is enabling more collaboration than wasn't already present. Um, I think anyone that really wanted to be working together in a wormhole or on an op, et cetera, would have, they, we already had solutions for this. It was just a pain. Um, I do think what you might see is coalitions that want to live together. I, uh, I'm not really talking about your, your really big ones that you might be more familiar with, but if there were, if I'm, you know, I'm in a medium or small group and you're in a medium or small group and we already fly together a lot, we've, we might have said, why don't we just live together in the same wormhole? The number one reason people didn't do that when they wanted to is it's a huge pain in the butt working with trying to get bookmarks moved back and forth between groups. Um, that's not an issue anymore. It also means that if I'm a group and I'm growing and maybe I have another crew that wanted to join us previously, we would say, I need you to close your corp and merge into us. And now it's at least more feasible that you'll have corporations living together without necessarily needing to merge all into one larger group. So you might see some corps that maybe wanted to retain their identity or their corp culture that can. Um, I don't know if I've seen it happen yet. I don't know if it's really going to happen that much, but it's certainly way more plausible now than it was before. Um, another reason I'm really excited for it is, I mean, we've had ACLs for a while, but a lot of the work that went into ACL bookmarks was also building this concept of a shareable entity that you just need to be on the ACL to be able to use. Um, I don't want to say this and get people excited that maybe it's coming soon, but an ask that I've seen for quite a while is the concept of ACL hangar containers or you know just shared inventory in general um, since our current our current solutions to it are relatively lackluster for a variety and it seems to me uh, that ACL bookmarks lay the foundation for making a lot more things than Eve a lot easier to share access to um, that you know we, we just couldn't have before um, I would love to be able to have a hanger that I can say, you, you, and you have access to it. I mean, technically I have this with corp hangers, but that only works A, if you're in my corp, and B, I'm limited to seven of them. So um, 
you know, I'd love that. I'd love to be able to have one easy shared inventory location for me and all of my alts. I mean, wormhole space especially is very alt heavy. Um, I've got, I, you know, I have five tunes in my corp that are all just me. And right now I need to have all of them having their own ships because depending on which one I'm using, you know, fleet gets pinged. I need to, my saber alt needs to undock and have his saber. My other, some of my other tunes need to undock right away in their guardian and drac and it takes too long to get to trade those ships between whoever has you know whoever has my master all my ships so uh, a shared inventory would be fantastic and i think one of the best qol pieces what we could see added to the game um and now that we have the foundation built for bookmarks it seems to me like it's way closer than it was previously whether or not that means we'll ever see them or we'll see them soon, I really can't speak to, only that it's been an ask I've seen for quite a while. And, you know, much like Alliance Bookmarks, I'm sure, was at the start, I'm sure CCP said, yeah, that's impossible, way too much work. Um, and then somebody worked on it. Worked to be okay. And now we have it, right? Um, so uh, it, it feels less impossible than it did before. Uh, do you, like, just... As a side thing, do you actually find out like who, like which dev actually came up with stuff, who like had a brilliant idea and fixed something or so? Do you sometimes hear that kind of stuff on the uh, season? Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes. I mean, so we we frequently get to see and talk to the devs that are working on things. Uh, I I so uh, CCP Habakkuk, uh, Alliance Bookmarks was. I don't know if it was just him. But I know that the ACL bookmarks was his original, or was was a pet project of his. He started working on it in, I want to say it's their 15% time. So CCP has this policy where some of their devs can spend some of their time working on what they want to be working on, whether or not it's a priority or you know it's 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 what they've been told to work on. So they're allowed to spend time working on something they want to. And oh. he took it upon himself to say, I want to make this work. Um, oh, is and... that where Karko's little things are coming from? Um, I don't know for certain. I'm sure some of those were things that she said, I, w I see a problem. I know how to fix it. I want to fix it. And they get done. So Habakkuk saw this, said, this sucks. Everybody's asking for it. Um, and he just started chipping away at it. And at some point, he said, look, guys, I have a proof of concept. And CCP said, holy crap, that's really great. That's really cool. Let's actually finish it. And next thing you know, it became, you know, the, his team was working on it. I think it, uh, like team, uh, the, the team formerly known as 5-0, um, with like Fozzie and some of them, uh, they finished up ACL bookmarks, um, taking it from here's my POC proof of concept to now it's actually in the game. Like they they unveiled that they they first mentioned it I think at Toronto back in June. Back then it was we have a dev who spent some time he built something we said that's cool and then you know. Uh, blanking was i think it was november hmm. and then you know back in november we finally got it so that was really exciting to see and i'm super excited to find out at some point what everybody else is working on because i don't think that's the first time that that's happened and i can't imagine it will be the last time that a dev's little pet project 
eventually grew up into an actual feature that became, you know, a roadmap priority that an entire team was working on. Yeah, I mean, it's a smart thing to have that 15% rule, because, like, if a dev is passionate about a certain thing, guess what? He's going to be way better, or way more efficient, or way more, you know, into it. It's going to be, like, yeah, it has just great potential, I would say. And the whole, like, ACL bookmark thing, so one more thing that you also said, um, with like corpse uh, getting set up and stuff, so that's probably what we're gonna see too. Way more corpses are gonna uh, have the ability to get into Walmart space. Before the ACL bookmarks, they couldn't join an existing group really. They had to do their own thing, and they had to have a couple guys at least that know what they're doing and know like how Walmart space works. And they couldn't just join, like for example. Uh, your group um, and then just say okay like teach us and we just bring the numbers for now but teach us how things work and we're gonna figure it out for now we're just gonna bring the numbers and you know help you guys and with ACL that's an option so um, with the ACL bookmarks so that's probably what we're gonna see I would say that's my goal. that's gonna be my prediction that we're gonna see bigger groups working together more I'm not sure if I'm a fan of that I like the Walmart, uh, the, the bookmark stuff. I like it, but you know, I'm a little bit worried. But then we will also see a couple more corps, sm maybe smaller corps that just want to do something else, join uh, <clears throat> alliances in Walmart space, and boost their numbers a little bit. So maybe we're gonna see bigger fights in Walmart space as a result of it. But yeah, we'll see. Um. Another thing, or uh, like Ari, I'm not sure if Ari is still here, but she was in uh, chat earlier. So, a change to Walmart space that was suggested before was also if you have big fights, that's usually evictions. Um, a lot of times, a group, let's say group A, uh, is trying to evict group B, and then group B they don't have that much of an incentive to keep fighting and use all the ships they have. What usually happens is there's that one fight, they have one shot at it, and let's say shortly before the armor timer, that's probably a good timing to do it, um, they undock everything they have, or like not everything they have, everything they can sit in, and give it a go and try to fight, <clears throat> and if they lose, that's it. Uh, they get potted out of the wormhole, which is always a problem in Walmart space, you don't want to get potted. That's why you probably see more tanky stuff than, for example, uh, Stukas. Nobody used Stukas when, you know, it was still possible in Walmart uh, space. I, yeah, in Wormhole space, your, 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 your big fights <laughs> actually are usually on the whole timer. If I'm outgunned and outnumbered, unless I'm feeling relatively confident, I don't usually fight during the armor timer because just like you're saying, I only get one chance. If I blow my one chance now, I've definitely lost. And most corporations and groups say, I'm going to give it another day. I'll wait till the whole timer. Maybe I have more people that are ready. I've got more ships sorted. I've got a bet. I'll be better prepared by then. And you know result, the day. Back, back then, you knew the day when it's coming out. Well, yeah, it's I mean, it is. Even now, you'll know the you'll know the day because you can. It's the moment yeah. you get shot, you can figure it out. 
Um, and in most cases, actually, you actually know even more time now than you did before. Because previously, if I timed it right, I hit your shields 24 hours, I hit your armor 24 hours, I hit your hull. So for a part for one structure, you know, not getting not getting stuck on the concept of previously I could spread all my timers out. For my one structure, if that was the big important structure. I only had 48 hours to muster my defense. Now I have probably four, um, which right. is a buff to the defender in that context. Um, but it still means that I'm probably going to hold out till the last minute because maybe maybe my allies will roll in and connect and they can bolster. Maybe I'll have maybe that extra time will mean more people can have taken work off or they can make sure that they are here. Um, and I'll just generally have a better fleet at the whole timer. So as long as everything is only you only get one shot, you only ever see one fight, which is a difference between wormholes and case base where. I mean, if you can be there, you'll probably take the armor fight because it's a fight. Unless you know, unless you form and you go, there's no chance we have any hope of winning. Then you might stand down. But otherwise, if it looks feasible, you probably go fight because even if you lose, okay, now I get to try again at the whole timer. So since we don't have that, um, you only ever see one. So the you know the the idea about how we could fix that or how we could we could work on it. Uh, generally stems around clones. Um, I would cautiously say I think that there is room that this could be touched without ruining everything. Um, like uh, I, I think that it's like I would like to see maybe a the ability to either die once and get, and wake back up in my wormhole or jump clone back into my wormhole but maybe i only get one shot so maybe this one goes to two which would mean that as a defender i could fight on the armor if i lose and get potted i could come back into the hull um there's reasons this might be a bad idea. There's reasons it might be a good idea, but I think that that's a discussion that could could absolutely be worth having. Um, and you know, just like um, I know that you you we had mentioned before before we actually started, you know, that there were there's con there's considerations you would need to have about alpha tunes and re you know subbing just to make sure this doesn't get uh, abused too much. Um, Another thing it would do is if I could jump clone in, even if I could jump clone in just once, it would mean that uh, it would mean that if I'm not in my wormhole when the siege starts, I could at least get there. Um, something that's also, you know, it's part of the game, it's part of the meta, and this is how it works right now. I just don't know if it would be better or worse if it wasn't. Is simply, you know, if my worm, if I'm, if my system's getting sieged and I'm not there. I'm not going to get in. Like, I'm just going to have to sit and listen to my fleet and my alliance fighting, fighting for our home. And I can't do anything about it because if we're, if we, if we're able to open up a connection for me to get in, we've probably won the fight. Um, depending on what that looks like but in most cases the def the attacker is losing whole control is usually the end of of a serious eviction um but if i was able to get in because i live there then 
there's something to be said for that. Then, of course, we get into a bigger discussion on, okay, but now I'm just going to go leave clones in a bunch of my allies' systems. So if I go try to hit X, I'm actually fighting X and Y and Z because they can all jump clone in. So there's absolutely reasons I think some of these could be a good idea. There's reasons they could be a bad idea. Um, I don't think it's a discussion that's not worth having, though. Because I, th I mean, most discussions are always worth having. Whether or not that's going to mean we do anything about it, it's always a different story. Yeah. So, like, yeah, as I said, like, you, if you do something like this, there's, I'm sure there's there are ways to limit it. But like, I'm not a wormholer, but yeah, you know, um, I just thought it's a it's a neat idea. And for those who missed it, kind of the idea is that you can actually um in like set your own um home station your headquarters and then if you die in that wormhole you wake up in that wormhole if you die outside uh, that's what it is then you wake up wherever and um, that way you could take more than one fight you could fight on the armor timer and then die and then you have to fight again uh, on the whole timer and you can so you can use all the ships you've got and all that stuff because that's um you know that's always the the fear war models would have in an eviction if you lose and you lose your part you're out yeah. that would just make for for more fights if there's a way of avoiding exploit uh, exploitation like alpha clones and all that stuff i'm pretty sure there is a way somehow but yeah um do you like so do you have see like a lot of uh fleets like outside Walmart space or do you like mostly fight inside Walmart space or um do you even do a lot of evictions or is it like a wild mix um it's a mix uh tdson doesn't do many evictions uh i've organized and and helped uh lead plenty of system burning down structures but i wouldn't say many of them are evictions because uh I, i'm not super fond and of putting all the effort into evicting active corpse and i also um you know uh you know the, like to, I, us, I, I, I don't i i don't want to go burning down active corpse either but i i've burned down plenty of low power abandoned systems um, but I would not generally say that I'm super well-versed in evictions. Um, I'm one of our corporation's most frequent FCs. I don't know if I would ever say that I'm one of our best, but I think, uh, you know, by, by virtue of being the CEO, I also have uh, people, if lacking other people that are on to do it, or even when they're on, a lot of people just look to me to help herd the cats and make stuff happen. So... Uh, you know, uh, I, I certainly am FCing the fleets. I've got 10 plus years of wormhole experience, so a lot of people also just assume I know what I'm doing. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. Um, I FC a bit of everything. We tackle over Aquila and Null. Half the time I'm the person, you know, leading our fleet, trying to organize the command desties to get us out of there when we need to. Um, if we tackle dredge down chain, some that's also frequently me. If we're brawling with another corp, that's frequently me. Um, something I'm actually actively working to stop doing is being the person of seeing all the time, both because uh, I don't have as much time as I have in the past, but I'm trying to give more people an opportunity to um, 
you know, to go out to get out there and get some of that experience because there's something to be said, at least in in my group, which is, you know, smaller than a lot of the NullSec groups that we don't have so many fleets happening constantly that there's always a lot enough to maybe go around to everybody. A lot of them don't matter. So it doesn't need to be a super top TRFC that's, that's leading it. And of course the only way people would get better at FCing is if you give them opportunities to do it. So it also means that when we lose, I can just go, oh, it was a new FC and just shrug it off. Don't have to get <laughs> mad. Save some face when I whelp when 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 we whelp the whole fleet. Oh, there's a new FC. Well, I whelp whole fleets all the time. Like I don't have a problem with it. I feel as bad as people when I whelp fleets all the time. Yeah. But that part of our problem is you know like uh, wormhole groups don't usually have either SRP or they don't have full SRP because we don't have centralized have alliance a shit level of money, income. Though. Individually, In, the, the individuals do, uh, but the alliance doesn't. So you don't always have as much SRP, but you also have some pretty big wealth disparities across the corp. At least I know in my corp, you know, I've got guys that have their own bear holes and they've been farming for years. They've got a pile of vaults, and so they don't blink when they lose a one billion isk brawling ship. And then we've got people that maybe are newer, still getting their feet together. Maybe they just only farm when they absolutely have to. So when they lose that one billionist brawling ship, uh, I just sentence them to going to have to go run sites for a while. Um, I feel bad when we evolve fleets. I feel I'm, I'd feel less Obviously. bad if our fleets were cheaper. But uh, the nature of the beast in wormhole space sometimes is. I can undock a fleet of let's go have fun in some Tech One battle cruisers, but you know if other corps aren't playing along, we're just feeding them if they bring out Guardian-supported Lashaks and stuff. Like this is as long as we're also talking very similar numbers, you know, there's only one way those fights are going to go. Obviously, every FC should always feel bad for wiping a fleet, but it is part of the game to a degree, especially they like should, so they recently. Feel bad. But they shouldn't be discouraged from continuing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, recently, actually, that's why um, where we met um, just a week or so ago, you guys were roaming up in Kobolech, and I had an Ishtar fleet on. And at that time, that was actually the first Ishtar fleet in ages that I did. And it's a little bit of a new approach to it and stuff like this. And I really wanted to test them. And... It's evil based, you know, so it's like three evil mids in a, uh, uh, on the Ishtar. And it's all about that evil spread and all that stuff. And then you guys come along and you say, oh, there's like a hundred domies over there. <laughs> it's like, and I had like 40 dudes. And I went there and gave it a shot, even though domies are obviously the worst case for us because they're basically immune against the evil. They don't give a shit if you, you know, check and disrupt or damp them. They're uh, just going to sign the drones and that's going to be it. Right? And we took the fight anyway and I lost all of those Ishtas, even trying to get some of them home. But they did a good job of catching us. So I lost all the, these guys. So it happens. You know? And then yesterday yeah, that, we fought that like, was... heavily outnumbered too and I lost, I don't even know, 30 Ishtas or something. That was, that was a long... That was one of those... Let's go on a little bit of a roam gone bad. Um, we only had a frigate wormhole connection. Otherwise, we would have tried to do a bit more damage. But, you know, we, we poked around some of the ratting pockets and ended up camping one of the one of their jump bridges. 
and it was very effective. We just sat on the jump bridge with a bubble app and shit kept warping down to the gate and dying. I don't know if it thought it would live long enough to burn to the gate or maybe they were bots because it's a group that I guess is notorious for botting. Um, but they were also burning down Pocos with a giant Dommy blob. So they'd, they'd keep Titan bridging the Dommy fleet onto us and or taking the bridge and then landing. Like once they took the bridge in, another time they lit a Sino and threw all the Dommies at us via Titan. Um, and But we were just fucking around. It all started actually before I'd even had a fleet out there simply because they were gating carriers around and my guys tackle the carrier that apparently only had like one set of fighters because they defanged yeah, we its one of fighters. Those. We defanged its one set of fighters and it never launched anymore. So my guys are like, <laughs> we've had this, we've had this carrier tackled for seven minutes. XO, can we get some support? Form a fleet, go over there just in time for us to get there. Is when the the dummy blob showed up for the first time. So we just kept fucking with them until it got too much, and I suddenly had an entire fleet trapped. And that was when we ran into you. I was like, "You want to come bust this dummy gate camp up so we yeah, can get was home?" Yeah, was it? Was just like three times our numbers, but hey. But we well, had to pass. The, at at first, actually, the moment you started moving towards them. They bailed, so all of my guys flew right by, and then I was like, you guys want to go back with, with them? And they were like, sure, and then we started following you only to find out the gate camp and run away, so we bailed, and then it sounds like they came back, or you found them. And no, so like what happened, just... yeah, so what happened actually, so you guys jumped into me, and I told everyone, drop drones, assign them, get, get ready to blob some dudes, and then you actually said something in, in local, like, hey, you want to bust this gate camp? And I'm like, it's just a couple of kickies and what like confessors or whatever you had and i'm like okay drones in approach the gate let's get ready and then we traveled there and they actually whooped off but the reason they came back is one of our um, scouts actually tackled a carrier like i don't know two jumps behind that gate camp and then they actually bridged in front of us to camp us out to get us uh, to not let us reach that carrier and we had to actually slip by and it was like a hundred, uh, I think a hundred twenty domies, and we were like in a in a forty man fleet, right? and we just warped to the gate, into the bubble, burned to the gate, and then warped to that carrier. And by the time they were de-aggressed and got to us, we actually killed the carrier. And then I decided to test the tank and maybe find that sweet spot and get under their sentries, but there was no way. They just murdered us. So I had to disengage, but then, as you noticed earlier, they were super quick with bridging around and using jump bridge and all that stuff. So whenever I took a gate, again, two Ishtas down, another Ishtar down, maybe an Oniros, like, ah, oh, it was just a struggle to get home. And I think, beside me and one Ishtar, everyone died. But it was a fun feat anyway, nobody complained. And I guess you guys had fun too, until you had to go home. So... The, the guys up there in Cobalt Edge, they're actually quite fun. Uh, We've you know, there's some fishy stuff happening. There's some fishy stuff happening with uh, with um, input broadcasting and stuff. I don't want to say botting, but, you know, I don't know. What do I know? But yeah, it was good fun. But yeah. Um, so, like, do you... Um, like, what's your favorite doctrine, then? Do you usually do like uh, smaller stuff or do you uh, prefer like heavier stuff actually in Walmart space itself? 
Are you one of those Leshak guys, or are you more like a Kiki Tursa or Kiki dude? Um, I mean, our 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 most commonly used fleet right now is actually Drakovix. Uh, I like Trig ships. Uh, I sometimes have concerns about their balance as as the larger picture is revealed. Um, I'm garbage at nano gang stuff. Uh, I'll I'll grumpily concede losses whenever we're fighting nano gang or, or fleets that come in with you know like really fast skirmish stuff because I'm not good at fighting those. Um, I don't think my corp is either simply because the majority of our fleets are brawly, you know, land right on the target and just try to fuck it up with close range guns and blow it up and we're not really good at mo I mean wormhole engagements usually are not very mobile they fight you know most fights happen either right on the wormhole right in the site that it kicked off of um outside of evictions and structures those can you know those are their own little um things so I'm not super experienced at a lot of the the really faster moving agile fleets um I, I wouldn't say I don't have fun in them, but it's certainly an area that I'm not as good at. Um, but it's all, like in general, it's all Triglavian ships at the moment. That's like the flavor of the month and woman's base in general. Like Dracovex, the Shucks, like that's that's mostly what's flown in woman's base, right? Uh, I mean, trig ships are, are for sure very, very frequently in the meta right now. The shacks, for when when you're when you're when the going gets tough, the shacks frequently come out, um, and that's a con. So historically, wormhole space has been very missile heavy, and that's because the newt prevalence in wormhole space is very powerful. Since most of your fights are all brawling. Balgorns are super effective. You know, everything's within minute range. I can shut off as many things as I can touch. And what that means is all my ships need to have cap boosters or they all need to be using capless tanks and capless guns, which is why passive armor tank is your is your number one go-to for your heavier doctrines. Usually it's legions, sometimes Lokis, sometimes damnations. Um Passive tangus are I've seen, but uh, when if I'm forced to do shield or I just really want to do shield, Drake navies are and nighthawks are are common. Nighthawks. Um, usually, just for the links, uh, they. T I mean, you know, in wormhole space we have pulsars, which is a wormhole. It's a wormhole effect where it's like you can only do shield. Um, armor tank is completely completely ruined with significant resist penalties so there are places where i need to have a heavy shield brawling comp and um nighthawks is if i'm not going up to battleships uh nighthawks are are, are i think some of the tankiest subcaps you're going to get um there's for sure a trade-off between a nighthawk and a drake where the drake does more damage the nighthawk tanks better um bar guests are also very very popular to, um, inside of pulsars which give it uh, a c5 pulsar almost doubles your shield capacity uh, in exchange, it also blooms your SIG up, which means a shield torp Bargas can both apply its torps pretty well to subcaps, 
and the tanks a metric ton. So the home defense fleet, for example, no vacancies is very, very common or known for this. The you know their home defense strategy is I get twenty plus torp bargets, which is enough to pretty much one volley almost any subcap. Um, since in a pulsar, I can actually assume that I can get perfect application. Um, between some additional target painters, a web, and your natural bloomed sig from a pulsar. Yeah, those, um, those wormhole effects, they can be quite nasty. Uh, I once had a fight in a wolf riot, which is, for those who don't know, um, it gives a bonus to small um, guns. And that includes rapid lights, by the way. I'm not sure if it still does. I, I'm pretty sure it does still. It still does. Um, and I didn't know jumping in, I didn't know it was a Wolf Riot. So we jumped in to tackle those raw cards, and they had uh, Rapid Light subs there. And we were in Stukas, which is actually frigates, but battleship-sized guns. So it's like the worst of two worlds. And uh, that was a struggle against those guys. And they did a good job of spreading out and avoiding getting bombed to shit and stuff. But over time we, you know, picked them off one by one. But it was a really good fight, and that kind of also got me interested in Walmart's base a little bit, to be honest. Because, uh, you know, you know who's in there. It's such a different world. Like, you can't just, you know, there's not a Sino going up, like in, on Rockers in this case, for example, there was two Rockers there. And I know they can't just Sino in faxes and stuff. Everything has to warp in, so I can't put Dictors in place, I can't, I can't do all kinds of stuff. It wouldn't even make a difference in Walmart, in Nulzeg. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was really that uh, was a good fight. Um, so yeah, Wormhole effects they can be scary, can be quite fun to play with. For those who don't know, probably the a good a good video about Wormhole effects is uh, that one Rooks and Kings video. I forgot what it was called. Clarion call. It's not Clarion call. I think it's a not. Is it there? I don't know. I think Clarion Call was, uh, unless that was the name one. of the series, um, the, the, there was an episode where the, you know they were highlighting the exploit that was being used against them at the time in a Magnetar that let you achieve perfect tracking and perfect range because Magnetars, in addition to significantly upping your damage, used to buff E-War effects, but uh, the math actually made it possible to get a, it also made it so that I could um, tracking disrupt myself to a negative tracking value, which the server interpreted as infinity. Yeah. Which which uh, which meant that you had like blaster Proteuses that hit perfectly and At could also range. hit out to out to max lock range. So that was uh, yeah yeah. Uh, so that was uh, interesting. I mean, if you like the idea of the wormhole effects then i would say that if ccp actually goes ahead with some of like helmar's talked a bunch about space weather yeah. and geography um i would love that like, i i think turn that off there's absolutely in some areas room. I, I think something that's missing in a lot of in in some of eve is some aspects of the game that aren't cancer that you actually can't control like, I think this being like, well, we're going to have a fight here, but I've got to make adjustments because space weather. Now, now I, I can't use X. Like, 
kind of like Alliance Tournament bans that make you at least reconsider some of your choices, maybe, where some sorts of ships are going to be less effective or maybe so ineffective that you've got to, that you've got to, you know, you can't bring them at all. But throwing in some of those choices also helps us avoid stale metas because I can't have a, this is your pinnacle apex doctrine. If there's uncontrollable elements that will make that in, in uh, not ideal. Um, like it's, uh, I, I, I shared this at the CSM summit. One of uh, one of my most hair-raising situations that I've been cat and mousing with is we had a chain that had a pulsar that was next to a magnetar that was next to a wolf. And I'd have to take out a fleet and be like, there are places in this chain where if I find myself having to fight in, my fleet's going to get completely You're gonna be wrecked. Here. Pencil. Like, like my shield fleet cannot get engaged in the wolf raid. So, like, I I have to be very careful if I chase them into it. If I if we're losing and we're falling back, I need to make sure that if I end up taking shield, we're very aware that we absolutely can't try to fall back to the pulsar. You know, the magnetar is the ma the magnetar is tank agnostic but the damage and e-war changes that it brings about means that a fleet that brought some extra e-war um and or focused on dps over tank might find itself having the upper edge so you know the 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 effects and the weather can play can be super relevant to trying to plan out a fight and it it helps that concept of geography that i think is sometimes missing in eve is like the where we're fighting doesn't actually matter because it's all the same or, you know, my ability to circumvent choke points on the map um, and, and just go get wherever I need to go makes a lot of the map less important. Um, and I think these are things that Hilmar has said he wants to, he wants them to fix. Uh, I know they've dabbled at touching on them at some of them, at some of the world tour events and some of the round tables have talked about them. Um, whether or not we're gonna, I, I actually, I would say I would be very confident that you'll see probably sometime in 2020 something touching this. I don't know when. I don't know what what it will be. Um, but I, I've heard so it mentioned hard. so many times that I, I can't imagine that we go a whole year without seeing some attempt to to dabble into this. That would be quite awesome, to be quite honest. Like I would love that. Like uh, also the effects in like a business space, for example, the you know bigger sick or whatever. I don't even know what other effects are there. Um, you know that kind of stuff. I kind of like it too. Like not only system-wide effects, but then maybe also in certain spots you have different effects. Maybe, you know, who knows? There's a there's a lot of potential there, and also from the perspective of like it doesn't matter where we're fighting and all that stuff that was always one point about the current uh, soft system that um that is super annoying i think there's so many nodes that it actually doesn't matter you're not thinking about like oh we're gonna engage them here we're gonna cut them off there like that all, all that stuff that doesn't even happen you, you can't even think about it because it all goes so fast nodes are, are spawned and gone so quickly all you do is Try to find the close by uh, nodes. Ma make sure you secure them. Uh, keep your entosis alive while you kill hostile entosis. That's all you focus on. The fight 
itself never really is the focus and that's kind of sad in the current system because it's like you know so fast paced and not relying on any i mean yes people get camped out of constellations and stuff like this but you know it's fairly rare like once everyone is in the constellation it's all just like about entosis basically and then the, the we had a fight not too long ago was it last weekend i think so there was a big fight and it was a soft timer and i felt like everyone just fought on that gate because they just wanted to fight there was no like maybe maybe 20 percent of it was like oh let's make sure we win this timer but really everyone was just wanted to shoot each other in the face and that's what happened but yeah it's not because the strategic um you know it was strategically the smart way to do from either side I think. but mm -hmm. yeah i think it the i think one of the biggest uh, the biggest casualties of a lot of our current system is just when the best outcome or the best plan or situation is to not fight that's how you know the system is terrible way too yeah. much of eve right now in fact like people are like i i see you you see it all the time the the reason the reason there isn't more conflict in eve is not just the blue donut i don't want to claim that the blue donut doesn't have an impact right but the reason that more people aren't shooting each other is not just because everyone's allied up with everyone it's a it's there aren't enough reasons to be fighting like it's it's hard to really motivate people to go have a good war if it's just for the fun of it and far too often in our current system is not fighting actually the better choice whether it's you know the the way that the sob and the the reinforcement mechanics have worked you're better off not even trying to fight them right now um or uh because you already have everything you need there's no reason to go try to take more space i mean there's no reason um for most groups to actually be fighting over space a combination of i hear i've at least hear heard and seen that people feel like there's enough space to go around and also the space isn't differentiated enough for people to ever be eyeing going i want that person's space it's better yep. than my space um so we have a system that literally doesn't promote conflict and then you have people wondering why there aren't more wars in eve why aren't more players shooting each other um which you know is is part of the reason i think some of the parts of eve that aren't doing great is it's with this is why we are where we are is that that and that's how we've gotten here yeah i think you're pretty much on point there um so we're fairly close to two hours, which I usually uh, aim for. Like, if anyone in chat has like any good questions, this is your moment. Any wormhole CSM questions, um, we might just be able to ask those. Uh, exactly. If you wanna add something, then you know, maybe shout out or whatever. Right? If you wanna add anything, feel free to do it. Uh, I, I think, think we, we've actually managed to, like, I did come to this with a couple points that I was hoping to find a way to get them into this, and I've actually managed to do all of them supernaturally without needing to go out of my way for points that I wanted to try to, to share while I, you know, while you gave me a soapbox. Um, and that was a bit of, you know, uh, broad, broadcasting 
my perspective on what the CSM is and isn't, so I can try to help improve that uh, people's understanding of it. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, educating people about wormhole space has always been a passion of mine. So if you know, we we touched on some of the pieces. If there were other things people had questions that they wanted to ask, uh, happy to answer those. Um, Answering a question from chat, though. So, long story short, uh, the freighter with the faction fort was just pure complacency. Um, in wormhole space, when you unanchor structures, you know everything in them falls out. So, something that a lot of groups do, mine included, is we have a kind of regular shakeout of what previously was our main structure so that um, if we have people that have quit the game, uh, they've been gone for a very long time, we do this for two reasons. One, we use that money to help fund some of the SRP and the wider corp stuff. And two, we try to make sure that just because we've lived in the same wormhole for five years that we're not a massive loot pinata because over time you just kind of accumulate stuff and wherever you live you know wormhole space is no exception even though in our case if if we lose that structure you actually lose all of it so um so on a generally yearly basis we'd shake down our main structure in this particular instance um we had done what we felt was a reasonable amount of counter intel so no one would know when the structure was actually unanchoring i mean even my own corporation didn't know uh you know we found out after the fact that that was all pointless because by a esi you can know when structures are unanchoring um and so there were people that knew exactly when it was going to unanchor and um they were they were ready so and then more even more importantly because like i said we'd gotten complacent um i i literally as you know as you can see on the camera i chucked a no tank just three i think it was just three cargo expanders because i didn't even refit it freighter over with a couple people to help me out uh web me back out of warp to just scoop the fort and bounce right over to another fort that was on grid uh, we had some people around, but not as many people as maybe I should have pushed for, and we were not ready for 15 or so stealth bombers to decloak, overheat their torp launchers, and blow up the freighter, um, and then blow up, you know, blow up the wreck, so that that fort, the fort dropped, but no one could ever scoop it because the wreck was blown up. So, and then what followed after that on the killboard was, like I said, structure and anchors, hangar containers spew everywhere. Um, and so next thing you know is you've got people warping all over trying to find what's in cans. Novak was just hopping whatever ships they could have. And until we could <laughs> lock their until we could lock their pods down, you know, they'd get in a ship, we'd blow it up and they'd warp right over to another can and get in something. So they they, they made off with a couple of capitals. Um I mean, like, some of their guys died right away. As soon as my freighter died, we put a bubble up and killed several of the stealth bombers, and they died right there. But others immediately blitzed to cans. And, you know, we were having, you know, honestly, it was fun. I would have been way happier if I hadn't lost a freighter. But, like, uh, 
it's there there's something to be said about a bunch of fleets just shooting at each other while they both just keep grabbing completely random shit out of out of cans on the field um back in 2018 i was at the Pospi eviction and i've got to say one of the most entertaining things to be a part of and watch is these two big like both of these hundred plus fleets blew up a fortazar hundreds of cans spew out both of them are fighting in fleets that make it very difficult to really bubble the other one down. They're moving constantly. Sabres are getting blapped if they get too close, so no one's getting potted. So both sides are literally just dying, warping their pod down to this pile of cans, sifting through until they find a ship they want to use, getting in it, and coming back to the fight. That um, sounds like, like so much fun. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it is, it, it's, it's certainly pretty enjoyable. Um, and, and like I said, uh, if I hadn't lost the freighter, I probably would have been way less grumpy that day. But, um, you know, it happens, uh, you know, every so often you, when you get lazy and you get some, you get complacent, you, somebody, somebody reminds you of why you need to pay more attention. I expected that to happen uh, in the HK eviction, actually, because... I mean, there's so much shit spawning there. I mean, we had like tons of people for the final time, obviously. Um, but I thought some some people would at least, you know, try to s steal some stuff or whatever. But nothing of that sort happened. But yeah, but that also makes me think. Um, HK didn't shake down their citadels, <clears throat> but nowadays, all, I think most big groups do it. I think all of them probably. Um, so the actually the HK keeps them might just be the biggest loot pinata ever, and it's gonna stay the biggest loot pinata ever for a long time because of this, right? I don't see anyone beating it any anytime soon, at least. Uh, do you really think we went to the moon? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. Good. Uh, I I also do believe that the moon landing uh, happened that that we've been to the despite my meme answer in the chat. Um, Oxide plays asked real quick my feeling on low class income and C4 anom spawn. Um, as a whole. Low class space, um, I think, could use some fine tuning as far as income levels go. Um, I I grew up, so to speak, in in a wormhole space where ever, where the expectation was that every class of space would be worth more money and that you wanted to keep climbing that ladder. That's not really the case anymore. Different parts of space are for different corps, and I don't think that's bad. Um, but there is something to be said about how some classes of wormhole spaces PVE is just total garbage. Um, C4 space, the Anom spawns need to have their spawn points fixed. Um, I'd like to say that I have faith that that will get done someday. Uh, I mean, there were several devs that sat there nodding their head when I showed and explained to them why C4 Anom spawning is an issue. Um, Maybe we'll see it in the wormhole patch. Maybe we won't, but it is certainly something I've explained, talked to CCP about, and gotten you know uh, universal agreement that it sucks. Um, which, for people that don't know what I'm specifically referring to, um, 
in class four wormhole space, some of the waves spawn like gratuitous amounts away from you. Like you're in the site killing rats, the next wave spawns and it's 180 kilometers. Um, I don't know if that was actually intended or was literally just when whoever made them did it wrong, but it has been that way since 2009. Like that is how wormhole space shipped in apocrypha. Um, uh, you know, so it's 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 just been this like shitty broken thing that no one cared enough forever, which is why maybe and I don't I mean plenty of people care about it now because a lot of people live in C4 space for a variety of reasons. C4 space got a buff when CCP gave them a second static. So a lot of people live in C4s because they have two outgoing connections at all times. Um, so I would say P wormhole PVE as a whole is something that I've been hoping and working with CCP to explain what they could do to help make it better. Um, if you're ever curious, if, if you hadn't seen it, um, I posted on Reddit way back in, November, in September, I posted my presentation from the summit. It's not NDA because I made it and I was given permission to just outwardly share it. I can tell everyone in the world what I said to CCP. What I can't tell you, that's not if it's not in the minutes, I can't tell you what the actual reaction and discussion it came from, but I can absolutely say this is what I said. So you can go find that, or if you're lazy or really want to find it, just drop me a line and I can point you to a bit more about everything that I walked through with them on helping explain the wormhole ecosystem and stuff. But uh, there's absolutely room to be done for, for small stuff. Um, and Faget asking about the wormhole patch. There's nothing confirmed. Um, Rise got up at Vegas and said these are the things Talos is going to work on. I'm optimistic that between now and probably the end of this CSM year, which ends in June, that we will see a patch or several patches that either will either have one that was dedicated for wormhole space and it was a whole bunch of wormhole stuff, or maybe we'll see some breadcrumbs of some of the things we've asked for trickled in. But CCP has confirmed they are looking at doing wormhole changes. Um, so. That's why I when if when I say the wormhole patch, I'm referring to this hypothetical time sometime next year where CCP comes and gives wormhole space some love, hopefully for the. And look back, why did CCP change Bush? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Let's not dive into this. I don't yeah, wanna, I don't uh, want to talk about it. I I could talk about it, but I know Panda doesn't want to. So. Well, you can talk about it. I don't mind. I just don't think anyone wants to hear me rant about this change anymore. So, if you want to say anything, I don't mind, like, whatever opinion you have. If you want to share your opinion about it, go ahead. Well, I mean, you, you might hate me for it, too. I don't know, you know, I'll say this and maybe you go, well, EXO was a mistake. Um, I was, I, I supported the boost changes um, purely from the perspective of fleets with that level of mobility were a concern of mine because they were being used to evict wormhole corps. Um, but there weren't, you know, rage, there weren't many, though, was it? The, the problem was they were becoming more frequent, right? Like, so rage happened. Hard Knocks was like, wow, this is easy. I say easy with air quotes. I, I understand there's absolutely logistics and, and prep and practice required to run these fleets. But once you know what you're doing, the defender has, in wormhole space especially, they have 
practically no real good alternatives. So Hard Knocks went and evicted wholesale using this. Um, Inner Hell began going through one to two wormhole corps a week using uh, command dusties supporting an icky fleet that would just keep booshing around. You could never catch up to it because of the size of fort grids. It was on. It was very difficult to try to fight back, even if you had a good fleet. Um, and I was just concerned, and mind you, I'm not claiming that this was my idea or I'm the one that insisted this was, you know, one of those things that was touched on at the CSM summit and CCP said, here's what we're doing and we gave feedback on. But um, I think that the absolute agility of fleets using command desis to just instantly blink around the field might have been too powerful. Um as at least a counter to subcaps, uh, I understand the impact it had on super cap. You know, fighting a grid with loads of supers and dodging bush, or bosons and everything, uh, which is something I have no experience with really and can't empathize with. But within the ecosystem of wormhole space, I think that the, this this level of agility was having a negative impact on the game, in my opinion. Um, hmm. uh. And so. You know, I think we gave that 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 was feedback that we touched on and talked about at the summit. Um, you know, it, it's in the minutes there were people. I think some people that were using these fleets frequently loved them. People that had them getting used against them were less fond. Discussions were had. Uh, I think there was some agreement from most people that uh, that it probably needed to be. And, and I think this is where we went. Whether or not the numbers are right, I'd like to say that if this, if you know, if we're still, if we still feel like this was a missed patch, the numbers can be tweaked. But I think the concept of the limit on how many ships it takes with it was probably a good move. I just don't know if the number it shows is right. Larger issue being a hundred, making my boost take a hundred people makes sense when I'm rocking three four hundred man fleets and wormhole space we're back to we may as well have not made the change at all because that's the entire fleet right uh, and see then this is of course just the ever and the never-ending difficulty of trying to keep wormhole space balanced with the rest of eve is um i have this scenario where i'm trying to apply a universal change that maybe hits too hard in K-Space, but then doesn't hit hard enough in wormholes. And that discussion and back and forth is kind of where we ended with what we have now, is we tried to find the number that wouldn't make the wouldn't make fleets using them in K-Space impossible, but also was going to make sure that it put some logistical strain on people trying to do it in wormhole space. So before I express my disappointment, uh... Thanks, Jabby, for the host. And uh, you guys are just actually just joining in on the tail ends. Like, we're about to, uh, you know, we're wrapping it up. I'm just looking to get the the opinion on the boost changes out of Exuki here. Uh, I'm not going to go on a rant about it. I'm just thinking uh, to use the example of um, um, what was the eviction? Um, Hard Knocks evicted uh, Wholesale. Yep. If you if you watch that video though, they were outnumbering them, and they almost failed because they used uh, bush ravens. And I don't think they they would have used bush ravens after that again. 
Um, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, you're you're right on all three of those points. And I think uh, what's missed about Bush is in general, it takes time for a meta to develop, and it takes time for you know for the meta to like as soon as the Bush meta developed, we were already developing away from it again because there are easy ways to actually counter it even with less numbers. Um, I'm not gonna you know gonna rent like I said, but yeah. Um, if it's your opinion, it's your opinion. I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm not saying you were a mistake for the CSM, though. Uh, I'm glad we... Well, uh, well thank you. We voted <laughs> for you. Alright. I mean, I'll, I'll concede that outside of the usage we, I was seeing in wormhole space, I really can't speak to the impact it has anywhere else. Those were conversations I let the people that use or at least claim to be using or fighting with them constantly have the discussion and that's kind of what steered that conversation you know uh the the, the goons there was test um and and uh, pandemic horde there were people from all of all of those groups and they all had strong feelings about this um so and I'm pretty yeah, confident so... if you wanted to know any more specifics, I'm pretty sure the CSM minutes are out. and ha I know they're out, and I know that they have a lot of that discussion. I don't want to quote any of it because it's, it's yeah, difficult to remember exactly <laughs> what is in the minutes and what isn't. Yeah, yeah. So I'd rather just po you point you to the minutes. It's either there or I can't tell you. I think that's the main reason why I will never run for the CSM. First of all, I mean, I had this weird experience, obviously, that you know, we don't want to talk about but um, then also like I wouldn't be able to remember everything like what's uh, what's NDA what's not NDA like like leave me out of this shit you know I, d I just want to know that everything I hear or like ever said or anything nothing is ever on under NDA so I can just talk freely and I think that would make me just nervous talking about any of the current issues or like what could be good for the game in future or whatever um, yeah, it can be a tricky spot, right? It's so easy to make a mistake, and, and obviously I got banned without making a mistake, but yeah, whatever. Uh, on Mecca, so uh, let me let me just say, whenever you whenever you anchor your entire fleet onto one particular spot, there's a there's a real distinct weakness right there. So bombs. If you land bombs, and it's not that hard to land bombs uh, on boost speeds, especially ravens, you can wipe them entirely out within like one or two runs, which is very easy to hit. Even if they have a hick bubbler, you land at 24, the bombs are going to be too uh, too close to them too quickly. You're going to jump them with you, you're going to hit uh, them. You just need to use enough bombs, because otherwise they get defended. Then, obviously, chemos, another concept we came up with actually. As chemo D3s, you can warp them on zero if the doctrine is slow enough. If the doctrine is too fast, you can still warp in front of them. All it takes is some prep with them, with a couple of probers and warp ins. If you warp in front of them, they only have to not only have to MGD away from you once. No, when they MGD once, they jump into you, so they have to MGD twice. If you have a KM range, you have to MGD three times. If you have ever tried to maneuver a bush fleet around any fixed spot, and stay in range of a sweet spot, really, what's, that's what you need. You need to s stay out of scrim range and stuff like this. Uh, it's not that easy, MJDing three times in a row, be in in warp range again, 
being warped on again and then you have to jump at a fourth time like just simple pressure and you don't even need a crazy doctrine for it or anything like any common ship type would do and a prober and a little bit of a plan that would already counter a lot of that stuff the eviction kind of part and then you I have to see it as a massive though, hmm? is you made it look easy so everyone assumed it was you know how much practice we took for that to like make it look easy and how many times we failed with it nobody talks about that for some reason right? we, we had success with it in rage and I think the main reason for that is we surprised them with it they've never seen never fought this kind of stuff same for Stukas they should have actually eaten shit against the hex but they didn't know how to deal with them the first time we always catch them the second time they usually learn but they didn't have a second time obviously and uh, yeah, that probably was the problem. Like, we lost a lot of Raven fleets in the past against people who have seen them one, uh, once or twice before. For example, NC Dot, they uh, fought us a couple times and they adjusted fairly quickly and they came up with some solutions. You know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, but it's, you know, it's definitely not as hard as people might have thought. But yeah, it's just sad. I thought it's like a, it's a good playstyle and like it adds something to the game and uh, some people disagree and it's gone now yeah and uh, yeah I think um, it's maybe a good uh, note to end on I'm, I'm gonna go cry myself to sleep and uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry Panda uh, no it's all good it's all good I mean I kind of need the, the practice on other doctrines for once. Ah, wiping those Ishtas. But yeah. Um, so thanks for coming on. It was fairly spontaneous. Was it yesterday, I think? Yeah, I think yesterday I poked you. Hey, would you come on? And then boom, you instantly like you're up for it. So thanks for coming on. Uh, I hope a lot of people actually learn some stuff about Walmart space in general and stuff and get some insight as you said educate people about like what the CSM actually is I was there I thought I had a, a realistic view of it and it's pretty much what I think it is it's not always as easy you know you can easily like hate on the CSM and you can easily love the CSM but usually it's somewhere in the middle like you know you only have so much influence on stuff and um yeah, I think you're doing a great job, especially with that first um, uh, presentation and stuff. I think you did a great job, and which Thank was you. clearly needed. Try to keep it up. It was clearly needed. It was shocking how little they knew, but now you're there, and it also should show. So, it was clearly needed, and CCP, I think, realized it by giving for example on Mecha Gold a slot for a presentation so they could see like oh yeah we need to be like we need to educate ourselves on this game that we actually you know trying to develop here yeah? um and it should tell them too like who are these two guys um that they actually that actually go forward and present this stuff. It's unique playstyles, it's not all null sec blocks. So they should be very interested in having several like different candidates out of different groups not groups but uh, different play styles so I think they really need to take a hard look into the election process to give 
uh, guys like you and Olmeca, even I think Olmeca, you got a shit ton of votes. There was some serious hype behind, but in general, um, you know, smaller uh, guys that do not have real big groups behind them give those guys a better chance. So I hope they're looking into that stuff um, for their own sake, really. And uh, yeah, thanks also for the for the subs and stuff. Uh, Fobber with the five five month resub, Murray, Rami, Blurkus. Miranda, all the good people. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. And uh, yeah, thanks again. And see you guys. Thanks for having me. You subscribed to Panda. And thanks for that sub too. That's so SMJ. hot. SJM. All right, see you guys.